Greetings, everyone. Welcome to our latest episode of Toaster Talk on the Toast Network. We also have the founder of the Toast Network in place with us. He has not been following F1 at all. So we will ask, start off with asking him, who do you think won today? I believe it must be Max. No one else is winning, right? Everyone knows the Formula One story this year so far. Max Verstappen breaking the record of Vettel to win 10 consecutive F1 races. And who knows how many more he'll be winning before his streak is broken. At Monza, Ferrari's home track, it did seem like this Saturday that things could change. But at the end of it, it was Max leading the way. But we did have some more exciting things for which I'll have Vignesh and Pratik who have joined us. Welcome aboard, guys, to tell us what happened today or this weekend at Monza. Hey, Vignesh. Hey, uh, Pratik. Hi, Vivek. Uh, hey, hi, 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 Vivek. It's been a while since we've got this motley crew. Uh, <clears throat> the last time they all came along, Max was still winning. Uh, he's still winning. But this Saturday, Sainz got the pole position, which meant he was starting off. Verstappen was sandwiched for a change between two Ferraris. I don't know when was the last time we saw something like that. But Vignesh, what are your thoughts from this weekend's race? Yeah, so going to this weekend's race, Monza, I really wanted the Monza curse to take into effect. For those who don't know what a Monza curse is, for the last four years, the person who has been winning the race last year has been crashing out or unable to complete the race this year. And I really wanted that so that the streak of Sebastian Vettel remains alive. That is nine consecutive races. Fortunately, or I would say unfortunately, that streak was... Uh, the Monza streak also broke and so did Sebastian Vettel's streak. Uh, but yeah, the best thing which I found out of qualifying is that Ferraris are back and Mercedes were able to secure both their drivers till 25. Yep. I mean, we did have... Even with all the drama, while the final results kind of show an RB 1-2, Ferrari 3-4 and Mercedes 5-6, there was a lot of drama that played out today. And Pratik, what were your thoughts from this weekend's race? Uh, I mean, this race will primarily be remembered for the way science drove today, right? Uh, even the first stretch or the second stretch, as much as he could, he tried to uh, prevent the... Like first it was Max Verstappen, then it was uh, Checo Perez far from overtaking him. I, I, I mean, I felt he drove really well. Another person that we would want to talk about is also about Alex uh, Albon, right? Not, not that often we see Williams in top ten at least, at least in the last couple of years. So again, he also drove really well. Uh, and of course, uh, I mean, I'll also give a little bit credit to Hamilton for uh, finally, at least from 10th, he at least managed to be in the top five, right? top six. Yep. No, it was, an, uh, it was a good day for a lot of players and not so good day. Maybe we'll have the reverse Monza this time around and Sonoda winning the Monza next year because he was the one who did not finish even before the race started today, uh, which led to... Two aborted starts, which is something we haven't seen too often. And that probably puts Sainz on his nerves. 
for having to figure out how is he going to, you know, have Verstappen right behind him and keep continue to keep him behind him. And as Pratik mentioned, I think some brilliant defensive driving today uh, by Sainz doesn't show up in the results. I mean, he did get a podium, which is a big deal at Monza. And you could see that how big a deal it is, the way both the Ferraris were fighting. I mean, the last lap, they could have probably just knocked themselves out and given George Russell the seat in the podium. But I think the no hands barred fighting that they had today showed the spirit of Ferrari that we've been wanting to see them with all the other vehicles around them, but they've just not been able to do that. But today was refreshing from that perspective. Arijit, what are your thoughts with respect to you know, the racing circuit that we've had this year. Uh, obviously, Max is leading the way, but would you be rooting for for the rest of the year to kind of see how things play out? Ferraris have been impressive is what they can make out. But uh, Mercedes has also been, uh, means like struggling, means like I do follow the results time to time. But uh, what whatever happened to Alonso, he was their top gun in the first race, and after that, I believe he his form, his form and that of the form of uh, this also has dropped. But someone I really look forward to improving over a period of time would be uh, definitely Russell from Mercedes. I would love to see him uh, up here in the uh, come at least on the podium. I hope he gets a better car. And from there, let's see whether he can do justice to my expectations at least. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, for a track which is not a fair fit for them, uh, that's what Alonso is racing his own race, saying this isn't where I'm going to play my games. Uh, Russell did decently well. I mean, he was close to a podium if both the Ferraris had wiped themselves out, uh, which would have been really embarrassing at the home ground. <laughs> but yeah, that said, I think... Uh, Alban, as Pratik mentioned, was Williams have been doing decently well. And when I say Williams, I should probably specify ma mainly Alban, who's done really well so far. Uh, Sergeant is rookie year. He's still finding his way around. But Vignesh, what are your thoughts on how Williams has done? And obviously, Alban had a great play today. Yeah, so considering that, okay, Alban really wasn't right he was still showing some defensive maneuvers today's was a world-class defense i would say considering norris is not a person with whom you can easily defend he has tricks up his trade he knows the breaking points he has won races so considering a rookie to a person who is actually defending of a race winner i would say yeah, pretty well job done by albert Considering that, okay, see, straight line speed, Williams had it, their package is generally supports straight line speed and they were able to maintain it. Is shows that, okay, how well integrated Williams package is and how they have come to the core in the last few years when they were a back marker and now you show that, okay, they are doing a tremendous improvement. The person who I actually really wanted to speak about today is one who has just had two races this entire season and yet has nailed qualifying after qualifying. His first qualifying P12, second qualifying P11. He finishes the race just below P10 and that shows that Alpha Tori has actually put a good 
guy into the series. Probably, I would say, his performance might inspire Alphatari to kick one of their drivers out, which they are used to, but only time will tell. Daniel Ricciardo, with this, I would say he's at a risk. That's going to be a full Game of Thrones over there, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But yeah, no, I think uh, Lawson's had a brilliant spell. Today he was in the points almost till the end, but that was more of uh, the pit stops that other teams had taken much later. And even though it was a one-stop strategy, tyre degradation was the biggest con- uh, talking point, I would say, in today's race. Sainz was pessimistic about making it to the end. Hamilton was pessimistic about making it to the end. They did make it, but... Pratik, from your perspective, how must this tyre strategy play a role in defining the uh, the final results of a race? Uh, one, one thing before talking about this trade, we were discussing about Alex Albon a couple of seconds back, right? If you if you look at it in the last about uh, six to seven races, at least in four of them, he has been in the... Uh, top, uh, at least he has come 7 or 8 a couple of times, right? Compared to that, if you look at his teammate, he has still been 17, 18, 19, whatever, right? So, it's, it's, uh, it is not just the car, it is he is also pushing it to its limit to be able to achieve this. Right. Uh, coming to tire degradation, I yeah, I mean each each driver had had a different strategy, right? So if you if you see uh, at least at least Hamilton, he for a large part of the time he he was the last to pit, right? And then and then after after that he uh, changes tires. Same was the case in case of Carlos Sainz. The problem was. Uh, he was driving his car to the limits because both the times people were behind him. Because you see, moment those people overtake, he suddenly slowed down. He said, "Let me, let me protect my tires," because he 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 knew that uh, uh, he has used the tire to max possible every every single time braking uh, just at the right moment when when he when he had to brake so as to prevent people from overtaking. So yeah, I mean, it is it is important that you need to keep a good. Uh, what you call you need to maintain your tires well otherwise every every pit stop adds like a 20 second to your uh, time limit right so that literally brings you a lot lot lower so uh, yeah tire management is uh, uh, is important yeah and just that, to add on to that point okay yeah yeah just to add on to the point the last lap if you see the drama science was precariously slow and Crofty said that it was the tire trick which was actually affecting him and probably Leclerc could have passed him and got the podium. So that was the importance of tire deck. Yep, and even to that point, Albon's tires were pretty much ribbons towards the end. He barely scraped through. Uh, but he's got a decent package this year with a, with respect to straight line differential between uh, or deltas between cars. Williams is considered to be one of the best versus McLaren is supposed to be one of the worst. So if you're in a DRS train, you don't want a Williams in front of you, but you want a McLaren behind you. And that's what really played out between Albon and uh, Norris today. Best of friends off the track, maybe not so much on the track. I'm going to turn things around and I'm going to ask Origi to ask us a question that he has on the Formula One season this year. Uh, you're on mute right now. So who came second today? 
<laughs> yeah, I guess I guess that's also pretty obvious, at least in the last couple of races. Can you can you take a guess? Maybe the bull is red again. Yep, yep, you're right. Yep, it was yet another Red Bull one too. But uh, Vivek, tell me, does that not uh, annoy the fans of Formula One? Like, uh, do you see there's a uh, means like uh, the fan base trickling down because the races are becoming so predictable, or at least the podium is becoming so predictable? So, divide fan bases into two groups. Before Drive to Survive and after Drive to Survive. <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh, 2020, 2021, I think there was just so much drama that happened in F1, which we are not used to. And a lot of Drive to Survive based uh, fan base joined at that time. So, you know, they brought over the drama that came on and they said, hey, this is great. Uh, for So, that group is probably weaning off F1 as they realize the drama drying out. If you have been here before Drive to Survive, this isn't too different from what F1 we have seen historically, right? We have seen uh, times of great domination by a certain team or a certain driver at the top, while there is a lot of changes happening in the midfield. And then, you know, rules change. There is transitions. You see a little fight in the transition phase as teams try to figure out. And then you again see domination playing out either by a driver or a team. And because there's a combination of driver, the car, the engineering behind the car, and the strategy, I think, and now I think this year there's also been a lot of <laughs> the weather factor also playing in. You know, there's a lot of ifs and buts that kind of keep long-term F1 fans engaged. While we wish for a lot more excitement, we sort of end up finding excitement from things that others would be like, hey, you just saw Max win, but how are you guys able to do a podcast on this? Yeah. Also, also, I guess, I guess, if we leave this question of who won, right, uh, and to some extent who came second, the the positions from say third to I guess sixth or seventh has been really exciting race after race, right? Initial couple of places we were so excited to see Alonso suddenly come and uh, suddenly becoming the number three, right? Then we had some races where we suddenly felt that oh no, McLaren has found their groove. Uh, uh, not McLaren, I would say Mercedes has found their groove. Then it went to, okay, now McLaren are doing, I've, I've suddenly found their groove. And uh, uh, at least if you ignore the top two, the it has been, it has been really close and really exciting. Uh, I mean, one thing, one thing, one thing that I was also checking today is that uh, probably by the next race or maybe one more race match, I mean, we know that Max Verstappen is going to be crowned as the world uh, champion because there's so much difference between him and others that it is in, uh, that it's inevitable. But if you ignore him, uh, even even Checo hasn't been like, oh, wow. Right? The, the gap between him and the third guy. And now I, I know Alonso has again started uh, not performing great. I mean, his... Uh, they weren't able to upgrade their car well enough over the uh, through the season, but at least the difference still isn't that huge. Yep, I mean, I would like to contradict. I would yeah. like to just contradict. Considering, see, I have start. I had started watching F one during the Shumaka era, and I do believe that okay, I do 
concur with what Vivek said that okay, F1 traditionally had this period where one team is performs better than the other. But then we never had such a dominance. During Schumacher's time, you see, you have DC. You had Mika Hakkinen giving him tough competitions and not like giving him a straight bull runs every time. With Vettel, you had Lewis Hamilton. You had his teammate, Button, pushing him. Even uh, that time, Kimi was also pushing Vettel during his time of dominance. And then you come to uh, the Mercedes era. And you see, you had Nico <coughs> like peltering him. And the Ferraris were not that behind. You never had one team winning all the 14 races. You had a big stack. And from that point of view, I would say, the traditional enthusiast in me feels that, okay, it has been too monotonous. Not because the sport is designed in this way, but it's because one team has far superior advantage where there is no competition to them ever. And this has never been a case with F1. Be it during Arten Senna's time, you had Prost challenging him. Be it during Nicky Lauda's time, you had James Hunt challenging him. There were drivers who were challenging the so-called force majeure. And this is what I'm not able to see during these few years. And probably that might drive a few fans away saying that, okay, the Schumacher era, the Hamby era was better. You had much more competition. But then, it's a sport. We have to accept it and move ahead. No, I guess I, I guess the initial 3-4 years of uh, Mercedes dominance, it was it was similar, right? No, they, they never... Uh, they, 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 see, that's the point. Mercedes never went put, uh, 14 races. They were always challenged by Ferraris. Red Bull was challenging them. That was a time when Ricardo and... Uh, uh, this happens combo was challenging them. And I mean, this is obviously a record breaking deal, uh, uh, which means the type of dominance that they have. Agreed, Mercedes had a domination. I'm sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it might it might very well end with all races being won by Red, Red Bull, true. And in fact, the only thing which I was happy about not good 13 laps this season. <laughs> yeah. So much so much has been Red Bull's dominance. Yes. Okay, with that, we actually move on to Singapore. Do you think uh, the tides can change over there? One of the first night circuits. Mm, no, I... I... At least I, I, I doubt it'll it'll be Verstappen or if something happens then it'll be Perez. No, I'm sure Red Bull won't be able to win Singapore. Uh, not that my predictions are this uh, ever <laughs> come right, but yeah, I would love to see them crash out or something like that of sorts happening because there have been instances when uh, they used to crash out. I believe in 21, 22, we have, uh, in 21 at least, we had had situations and uh, like Max used to, means like fans did allege that Max tried to crash into uh, 
Hamilton. I hope someone has those guts to do the same with. Uh, yeah, at least make it interesting for other people, other cars uh, on the circuit so, or uh, the other teams. But yeah, it would be a little <laughs> bit more interesting if we get to see uh, some excitement coming over there, a new car winner, and like uh, hopefully the streak coming to an end. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a tighter track from that perspective. Uh, provides an opportunity for others to close in. Today, Hamilton did have a repeat incident, uh, but this time it was him and PS3. Uh, to just get memories from that Verstappen-Hamilton era. Uh, today was much cleaner when Verstappen had to swipe by. We are still two to three months away from the final races, right? And means like, yes. and means like it will be very annoying that if the uh, race gets over by another, uh, if the tournament is all over by uh, all over and dusted by another two races to go. So I don't think so. It means uh, it helps the cause of F one also in that respect. But I mean, I would opinion. say, I mean, irrespective of all of that, right? Like. I think we should celebrate the fact that Red Bull has been able to, in the combination with Max Verstappen, establish such dominance this year. Now, it's not a case of multiple years. They've been getting to this point. This is obviously utter dominance that they have shown this year. The man has given whatever. Like, just take last weekend's race, right? Dutch Grand Prix, home ground pressure. The weather did everything that it could to throw it at him all the scenarios, but he still came up top out of that. So I think we should, while we, I agree that uh, monotonous dominance is scary for the sport in the long run, and we should also celebrate the excellence that they're bringing about. Right? Okay. It's kind of like if I take an yeah. analogy from uh, cricket where the Australian dominance for a bit, or you get into tennis where you had, and you know, the excitement of seeing everyone else pushing themselves to come close to beating this person and that sweet moment when someone will actually beat because no one has ever dominated forever. We've seen that transition. I think it'll be a lot more sweeter when that happens and that anticipation is what everyone here is waiting for. But with that, I would like to hear out final thoughts from everyone before we meet together again at Singapore on what are you looking for uh, yeah. for the rest of the season? Yeah, Vivek, I, I just uh, conclude by saying, as a car enthusiast, right, I do love the Red Bull dominance, but I do feel bad that Red Bull being a soft drink company is dominating a sport where the automobile manufacturers are suffering pathetically. And that shows that money can do anything and everything. It's just the money pumping and not the actual automotive excellence taken into account. In putting that into perspective, I would say that I would really want an automobile manufacturer to challenge Red Bull and show that it's always the automobile manufacturers who dominate the F1 and not any other companies mm. which are not even related to the automobile industry. But it's it's still automobile. It's not like they're using Red Bull cans to run the show. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, but yeah. still, right, see, Red Bull, Red Bull don't have their car division. They don't have anything. They just have they are basically an adventure sports company. But Vignesh, uh, on that note, like I, I have not been very uh, praiseworthy of Red Bull. But don't you think that it helps the sport more that, uh, means 
everything at the end of the day is a branding game and uh, the kind of capital you are building in and the kind of team you are building and the kind of dynamics you are creating uh, which others will learn from it need not be from the traditional companies only so i think in that respect what red bull has done is something brilliant they might not be an automobile company but they bring that energy uh, if you see even uh, the whole thing of them coming as a uh, drink on a drink as a scar uh, as a soft drink uh, they challenged the traditional drinks like coke and pepsi and they made a mark so i think they are uh, they're doing something that over here also and uh, that's something i as a uh, someone as a f- sports fan would appreciate okay, okay that might not be my field of dominance but i'm coming here and still dominating others that is interesting irrespective of the money involved yeah no True. so that's so also two other things one is uh, i mean this is not a team that they built from scratch right this is a, if my memory goes right either minadi which then became sober and uh, it is it, it is that team continuing so they do have a legacy of building fast cars uh, not just that uh, i mean uh, honda has been their partner for engine and all all that stuff so all this while so it's not that they're not entirely not a uh, I, i would say uh, away from uh, formula 1 as in like um, uh, not formula one, but, but, yeah automotive engi- engineering but uh, yeah i mean they have been able to however uh, build a dominance i feel it's more like uh, the technical regulations keep changing every couple of years right so for this regulation they managed to build a car which which works great to the whatever the parameters that are therefore this terms regulation i know in 2025 uh, i guess the new set of regulations come into picture but till then uh, i don't expect anybody else to come and dominate yeah and also also for all practical purposes i mean it's uh, uh, what you call vestapan as won the this year's drivers championship just that only 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 perez is the only one i guess if you look at actually points tables who can uh, overtake him uh, but uh, yeah for all practical purposes he is mathematically the... on paper right no unless and until he crashes in the next race he has like a really bad crash and uh, that is the that is the only way where he can't Well, that's so, it for a guy who's done know, everything right this year. Out. That the only way people think he can lose out is if he crashes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Singapore is out for the remainder of the season. Yeah. Like I don't think so. Like even if like Max Verstappen is like goes away from Formula One, takes the sabbatical, they still he'll win the championship. <laughs> no, I guess I guess he still needs to win one more race. If he if he wins the next race, then he can literally take a sabbatical. Yeah. I mean, he's been doing that on the track, anyways. But we will close out on that thread because the man has done his domination as it is, and may will continue to do so this year. But we'll see how things change the next year. With that, I do want to thank everyone around for coming in for this show. Uh, Ferrari's home ground. They did much better than what we thought they would. Uh, some excitement over there. we've seen highlights from the various drivers albon 
who by the way has a regional connect with Red Bull Origins, but we'll keep that for our next episode. Uh, doing really well. And let's see what Singapore plays out for our drivers and for the fans alike. With that, again, Vignesh, Arjit and Pratik, thanks a lot for being on the show. For all our viewers, thank you for viewing in. Put in your comments if you're watching us on YouTube. Drop us a note if you're listening to us on Spotify. And please share, like and subscribe the Toast Network. Good night. Thank you. Yeah.